week about uh, how Jesus healed the man at, Bethesda, at the pool of Bethesda. And so tonight's discussion is, I'm sorry, not Romans chapter 5, John chapter 5. And so tonight's discussion is what Jesus has to say after that healing takes place. Uh, the the uh, Pharisees, the Pharisees are angry with Jesus and with the man that he healed. And, and their anger is because they are working on the Sabbath. They're not keeping the Sabbath holy in their, from their point of view. And so what we're reading tonight is Jesus' reply to their anger. So it's John chapter 5, verse 17 through 30. If you would, please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Or verse 17. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also said that God was his father, making him equal, himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things, that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from life, from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. And come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can, my, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Lord, thank you for your word. Help us to understand all that you have here for us and fill our hearts with your spirit that we would know you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So... I have two questions as I read this. I have two questions for us to ponder. And, and um, the first one, I believe, is, is completely answered here by Jesus. And the second one, I think, is as well, but some would find that second question more subjective. So the first, the first question, I believe, to be the most, in que the most important question in all of history for every person. And that question is, in verse 17 through 19... Uh, Jesus says, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. And then verse 19, Most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he has seen the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. In those two verses, Jesus claims to be equal with God. And so the question is, do you believe him? Some people would say, Well, you must believe in God above all first. But, 
And a lot of people would say that, actually. And that's for sure what the Jews would say. But verse 22 and 20 through 24 uh, tells us otherwise. And so verse 22, Jesus says, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. So verse 22 says that God gave the power of judgment to Jesus. He is now the judge. Verse 23 says that is because God wants everyone to honor his son just as they honor him. And verse 24 says that uh, those that do this will have eternal life. And then also at the very end in verse 30, Jesus says, I can do of myself nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So Jesus' judgment is perfect because he judges, judges exactly as God wishes for him to judge. So Jesus has the power to judge, and his judgment is perfect. But uh, verse 21 and, through, and, and 26 says that Jesus has the power over life and death. So different than the others where it talks about judgment. Verse 21, Jesus says that uh, the Father, as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. And verse 26 says, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And so if, if Jesus has power over, over life, then he must also have power over death. And we see this in verse 24 and 25 where, where he speaks of death instead of life. And he says, um, He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life, shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. And then we see it again in verse 28 and 29 where he kind of reiterates this. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear the voice of the Son of God. And uh, they will all come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So every person who has passed from this earth will be resurrected, every one of them. Some will experience a resurrection of life, some a resurrection into judgment. Since Jesus has the power over our life and over our death, and since he also will be our judge instead of God, as he words it, it is then he, Jesus, who will allow us to pass from, from death into life. Um, Zach Williams uh, writes a, has a song uh, called Rescue Story, and it's one of my favorite songs, but he, were, he uses the word carried. He says, you carried my soul from death to life. And I like that description because it, it helps me to visualize it as though it's like a scene in a movie. Um, our, bodies, our, bod, our bodies on this earth are headed for the grave, and so is our soul headed with it. But when we repent and turn to Jesus, that changes our bodies continue to head for the grave because they weren't made to last forever here on this earth. 
but our soul is different. At the same time that that's happening, Jesus will be walking the other direction. He will be walking away from the grave, back to life. And he'll be carrying our soul as he goes. And so, that is the way that I picture that, that we just keep on headed for the grave, but because we have repented, and because we belong to him, he will carry our soul the other direction, away from the grave. So, Jesus claims equality with God. Therefore, every person who lives and hears his word has to come face to face, face to face with that question. Do you believe him? And, therefore, every person's soul hangs in the balance. Now, I believe he answers that question pretty thoroughly right there. The second question that I have, some might consider more subjective. Some would say it's not, maybe, but I think most would. The second question is, um, and <laughs> you said exactly what I was going to talk about tonight. Should we be working on Sundays? That is the problem the Pharisees have to begin with here, right? That is their issue with this whole thing to start this off. They are mad because he healed a guy on Sunday. Well, not Sunday for them, but on the Sabbath. Their Sabbath. So, he healed somebody, and they considered that working. And then the man is, picks up his mat and carries his mat, and so he's walking with his mat. They consider that working too. So they're in an uproar, and then God, uh, Jesus goes on to talk about being equal with God, and then they are really in an uproar. And so if we go back to that, that part that, that, that they are first upset about, what they claim is that they are, this man and Jesus both are, break, are, are violating the fourth commandment to, to, keep, to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And so that brings forth a question to us then. What is our view on that? What is our thoughts on that? So before, and, and, I, and I wanted to really just kind of have a discussion and see people's thoughts on that. But before we do, I want to go back and make sure we read what is for sure said here before, before we let it be too subjective. So if you back up to verse, uh, or if you go back to the beginning here, verse 17, um, Jesus says, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. So that alludes to, you know, verse 16 says, he had done these things on the Sabbath. That's what it says. That's why the Pharisees are upset. So that, what Jesus says alludes to the fact that, yes, God in creation worked for six days and then rested on the seventh day. But he says, God the Father has been working until now. That means... He didn't stop working just because it was the Sabbath. God did not. Um, and Jesus says, and neither have I. I have not. So, what I think, what I, what I see him saying there is, God has done things on the Sabbath that you guys don't even know about. Because you don't understand the things of God. And, and as for me, Jesus speaking, as for me, I am doing what I've seen my father do. 
That's the way he words it. So I'm only to do what my father tells me to do, what he wishes for me to do. And then in verse 30, he says that again. I can do nothing of myself, but only what the father tells me to do, wishes for me to do. And so Jesus says he actually cannot do anything other than what God wants him to do. And so perfect communion, that's what that is. That is perfect communion between Jesus the Son and God the Father. And so my thought there is what would that be like? What would that be like for us? For us, for us to have such communion with God that we only did exactly what God told us to do. What he wanted us to do. And, and we might say, some might would, would say to that case, well, that was Jesus. It's not possible for us to have that perfect communion as he did, that good of communion as Jesus did. Um, we don't, it's not possible for us to have and know all that Jesus has and knows. And that part is true. So we should look maybe also at the man that he healed. We, we are not going to be perfect as Jesus is perfect. So we are not going to have as good a communion with God as Jesus did. But in, in this particular instance, what about the man that he healed? Uh, the Pharisees were on him too because they, they said he was working on the Sabbath as well. But look at his response, and I like the way he words this. Well, well he words it simply, but I like what he implies. Uh, so if we, if we back way up to verse 11... When, when the Pharisees said to him, it's the Sabbath, it's not lawful for you to carry your mat or your pallet on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath. And he says, do you, uh, I'm sorry. He who made me well said to me, take up your mat and walk or take up your bed and walk. And so basically what I, what I get from what he's saying there." He worded it very simply, but, but basically he's saying, look, you can call it whatever you want. Uh, you, can, you can call it illegal. You can call it a sin. You, you do what you got to do. You call it what you got to call it. But I was down for 38 years. And this guy healed me in an instant. So, no matter what your rules are, what you say, I'm going to do what he says. And so this man, who did not know Jesus, was able to recognize the power that Jesus had within him where the Pharisees did not recognize his power. Matter of fact, something that gets me about this, the Pharisees, this shows you the true heart of the Pharisees. They, it wasn't even mentioned from them that this guy was just healed. They've seen this guy every day at the pool of Bethesda. Every day they've seen him for 38 years, seeing that he couldn't walk seeing that he couldn't make it down to those waters that he was trying to get to. And so when they see that he is up and walking and that this has just taken place, 
It doesn't even register with them. It doesn't cross their mind. They just say, hey, you're not supposed to be carrying your mat. And so, in their, from their point of view, in doing what Jesus commanded him to do, this man was violating one of the commandments. And so, what are your thoughts on that in today's world? That, that is where I have gotten to with this. What are, what is my thoughts? What are your thoughts on that in today's world? How does that apply to us? Obviously, we're not laying at the pool of Bethesda right now. Times, the life that we live is a little bit different than the life that they lived. However, the general idea of what has happened and the way that this man responded, how do we view that in today's world? Right. Right, okay. Right. Okay, so there, there's a thought. If you couldn't hear, uh, it would be okay. And maybe, maybe that what Jesus is alluding to here in, in general is that it's all right to do what God needs you to do on the Sabbath. All right, so that's a thought. Yes. Right. That's right. Right. Um, well, in, in the Jewish religion, it still it would be. Still would be. Right. Okay. So there's a thought. Um, he says he had he worked at Walmart for 26 years, and for the first 15, he had he had to work on Sundays. That was the shift. He didn't have any choice if he wanted to keep his job. And eventually he got to a point where he got promoted to where he worked Monday through Friday. All right, another thought is, what is God more concerned with a day that we give him to be his day, or is he more concerned with which of the seven days that is? What name it has, what, what name of day that has? That's right. He also said, right, the Sabbath was made for man. Okay. So that, that, that was my thought. So any, before we go there, anybody else? That's right. People are sick on Sundays, aren't they? That the stuff doesn't go away because it's Sunday. That's right. Right. Oh, so that is exactly what I wrote down. Yeah. 
Right. That's right. So that, that was my viewpoint on it. First of all, some places don't shut down. Nursing homes can't shut down. Hospitals can't shut down because it's Sunday. And another situation we should look at, and this was my thought on it, is how many times have I gone out to eat after church on Sunday? So my thought on that is I went to church on Sunday. And then I went out to eat, and somebody working there didn't go to church that day so that I could eat at their restaurant that day. So, yeah, and then afterwards, then afterwards we go to Walmart. And so I thought about that as well. Well, some, some who are, are more old-fashioned to say, maybe, um, might would say, well, we don't do that because it's the Sabbath. Because, it, because it's Sunday for us. We go to church and then we go back home. Well, we still eat, right? I've been lots of times to the grocery store because I didn't have everything I needed to eat at home on Sunday. So what? another, another place we go, Walmart or the grocery store, uh, because we need to, you know? And so um, I, I've mowed my yard on Sunday lots of times in the afternoon after church. So... I guess the question then is, and, and I'm not saying I'm right for doing so. I'm, ask, I'm saying, what's the point of view there? You know, what would we consider? And, and this is where the Pharisees are in this situation. This is exactly where they are divided on, on this subject. Um, and so it's very easy to get tangled up in what is work and what is not. What is okay and what is not. Right. Right. And so in the Bible times, what did they do? They fixed everything they needed on the day before to have enough for the next day. And I, I personally don't know anybody that does that anymore. Not a single person. We do not cook double on Saturday so that we don't have to cook anything on Sunday. I mean, we, I've never done that. Um, so, so again... Difference of times, maybe. Yeah, right, right. So, you know, if you're warming something up, does that count as cooking? I don't know. I don't know the, the law there good enough in their point, from their point of view. What, you know, what does count and what does not, I'm not sure. They had some pretty crazy laws as far as those kind of things go. I don't know what they'd think about a microwave. I'm not sure. Right. Right. Okay, so that brings up a new question then. Go ahead, Josh, before I say that. (laughs) That brings up a new question then. The day originally, the, the day was set aside to rest and worship, right? If I go to somebody's house to work all afternoon because they need it, because they maybe are elderly and they can't, does that count as worship? Right. Okay. 
I mean, I mean, I agree, but I, you know, some people might would say, well, that's still working. You could do it, you know, Monday after you get off work, you could go do it. You could make, you could find a way to make time besides on the Sabbath, God's holy day. So some people would argue that. However, I, I agree. I mean, if you're, if you are doing work for God, is that not a form of worship? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It, well, it certainly is. And that was, that was the problem with the Pharisees, right? They were legalists. And all that mattered was how the law was written. Right? And so... Killer. Uh-huh. So, so not only is it legalistic, but we also run into a situation where people allow the rules to apply when they want them to apply, right? And that happens pretty often. Why do we concern ourselves with other people? Okay. I mean, it's really not our business to say they're wrong, they're right. Okay, so... It's our business to be right with the Lord on what we do. Right. Okay, yeah, that, that, I mean, I agree, that, that's, that's right. And, and the real problem here is not only were they, were they legalistic, but they, in their, in their legalistic view, they were the authority. And they had to stand at every corner and make sure nobody was doing anything they weren't supposed to be doing. And that's what they did. So they consumed themselves with making sure the rules were followed instead of consuming themselves with what God stored in their heart.
right? So if you couldn't hear what he's saying there, he's reading out of Matthew and, and where uh, Jesus' disciples are, are plucking the heads off the grain so they have something to eat as they walk through the fields and the Pharisees are asking Jesus, why do you allow your disciples to do this? Um, obviously, that goes against the laws. Um, and so... It, it goes back, I believe, I believe, uh, what Jesus goes into after that was how David ate the showbread whenever he was hungry, and the Pharisees had no problem with that because it was King David. So what it goes back to, I, I, what I see is, no matter what question you ask, is it okay to work on, on Sunday, it, is it okay to do this or that, you know, you could go to any of the commandments, and I believe what it goes back to is the first question that I ask. Jesus claims equality with God. Jesus has the judgment. Jesus has the power of life and death. So the real question is, do you believe him? And so any, I, I believe that any question could be pointed back to that question. Do, do we believe what he says? Because the Pharisees did not believe what he said. The Pharisees believed what the scriptures said of old. And so Jesus meant nothing to them. He was no authority in their eyes. And so the real question is, is he the authority in our eyes, in our heart? And, um, and I believe what he's alluding to, what, what we're pointing to here is, is um, what is the relationship of our heart with Jesus, with his heart? That's the real question. Um, and so no matter what, Law or, or uh, legalist point of view we could, we could conjure up or we could pull from the, from the commandments and say this is right or wrong uh, down, down to the, the nitpickiest thing we could find, um, I think it would still work its way back to the original question, what do you have to say about Jesus? And so in this statement that he gives to the Pharisees, I believe that that's what he's saying. Um, it is me, he says, who holds the power of all these things. Um, the, the scriptures of old were written to show that one day the Son of Man would come and hold these powers and hold the judgment. God would give those things to him. And so, does your heart line up with Jesus' heart instead of does your heart line up with God's rules? All right, Because really what Jesus is saying is that they should be one and the same. That um, God's rules point to Jesus as being our Savior. And whatever Jesus has to say on the matter is what stands. And so I, as we leave here, I, I believe that uh, that is what I took from this, from, from what he has to say to the Pharisees, uh, that they were wrong for not believing what he had to say. Not because of what one of the commandments said, but because simply because they didn't believe him and the words that came from his mouth. Anybody else? Any, any thoughts before we close? Okay, uh, let's, uh, let's dismiss in prayer.
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you, Lord, for just reaching into our hearts uh, for us to see what it is that you've given us in your word, what it is that you've given us in your son, and how it is one and the same. And your word tells us that, uh, that Jesus is the word. And we thank you so much for that because as he is the word, he also came and died for us so that, so that we could have freedom, so that we could have salvation. And we thank you, we thank you most for that right there, Lord, um, that you are willing to send him to take what we deserve so that we can be free and we can have life in him. As we go from here, Lord, take us safely where we go and and place it in our hearts to share that very thing with everyone that we, that we come across during our daily life. Give us the courage and the discipline to share and to witness your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.